Welcome to Strategy Simplified. My name is Noah, and today on the podcast, I'm excited to bring you this conversation with Jordan. Jordan is ex-BCG and a case coach for Management Consulted. Listen as we discuss Jordan's journey, his non-traditional background, his time at BCG, and tips for the consulting recruiting process. Jordan, welcome to uh, Welcome to Strategy Simplified. Uh, thank you for thank you for being here today. Uh, can you start by just telling us a little bit about yourself, giving us a little introduction, your background, pre-MVB, uh, just tell our listeners a little bit about yourself to get started here. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to um, talk to you today. So I'm from Washington, D.C., uh, born and raised. I went to Drake University in Des Moines, Iowa for undergrad, majored in finance. I played basketball while I was there. After that, I went and I played basketball overseas professionally for three years. So I played in Copenhagen, Denmark, played in Plymouth, England. And then my third year, I split between um, Santiago, Chile and Corrientes, Argentina. Um, So really, really enjoyed my time doing that. But for various reasons, that time was coming to an end. Um, And then I transitioned into business school. And I guess even before that, business school was on my mind because I had started the CFA curriculum. So I was trying to see what transition could look like. And with the finance undergrad, it, it made sense. So um, went to go transition in business school, applied to a handful, um, ended up at the University of Virginia, uh, Darden, for many reasons that we can get into of interesting. Uh, but loved my time in Charlottesville, ended up summering at BCG and then spent three years at, at BCG after that. Yeah, no, that sounds... Uh... Sounds like a lot of fun. Can you tell us a little bit more about uh, your time playing basketball overseas? I know our listeners would love to hear uh, a little more about that. I'm very interested there. Yeah, it was it was incredible. It, it was an incredible time. Um, I would say, one, I'll tell anybody that I learned the most about life, about business through playing basketball, both growing up, but like especially overseas. Um, you know, different cultures, different types of people, different ages. Um, like you, you just learn contract negotiations, uh, just how businesses are run. It, like you, you learn so, so much, which, which I'm very thankful for and pays dividends today. But there's also a piece around just like getting paid to do the thing that you love to do. And that is, um, that, that's a, an extremely, I'm extremely fortunate to have had that opportunity. Um, I will also say, though, it made it a little bit challenging because then you think about, like, what are you going to do next? And it like, do you find anything that that's that that's as fulfilling as that? Um, I'm fortunate in my role now in Nike that I, I get to do something that I really, really enjoy. But um, also realizing that transitioning from that is tough. But, yeah, to wrap it up, like I that that experience was incredible. And, you know, especially like if I think about Argentina, like getting to play like really high level basketball. Um in a beautiful country, steak, wine, amazing culture. Um, it was an awesome time. Well, you, uh, you describe it well, it sounds like it. Um, so, so you did basketball and then you went to uh, Virginia. I'm a UVA alum myself. Uh, I just graduated nice. Yeah, I had an amazing time in Charlottesville. Tell us a little bit more about that. Uh, tell us a little bit about Charlottesville. Um, business school, how was that? How, you know, how you enjoyed the place as well? Yeah, so... I guess, first of all, how I got there is that so coming growing up in, in Washington, D.C., um, I was always familiar with the University of Virginia. I looked at it for undergrad, um, never got a scholarship offer to play at UVA. So that's probably part of the reason why I never ended up there. But um, really, really enjoyed it at that time. Um, 
and then it's obviously close to home, so it's nice to be back home. But then my brother went there for law school, so I was visiting a lot, and I just fell in love with Charlottesville. It's just an absolutely beautiful place. Um, and then when I was thinking about what I wanted to do, UVA is a, a great business school. They placed really, really well in consulting. Um, the alumni network in the Mid-Atlantic, where I ended up after UVA, is super, super strong. Um, and I really, really enjoyed my time there. I thought it was an incredible experience, both from a learning and development perspective, but also from the people that I met. Some of the people that I met there are some of my best friends to this day, um, keeping close contact with, going on trips with. So it was a really incredible experience. And quite frankly, I wouldn't be where I am today without having that experience, both from a academic perspective, but more importantly, from just an opportunistic perspective and, and what that afforded me in terms of different companies coming on campus to, to interview and then not get, getting us prepared for those opportunities as well. Yeah, it's an incredible place. And I, I was in um, the, the undergraduate business school, McIntyre. I had a similar experience, a lot of, a lot of opportunities, a lot of companies, a lot of opportunities that aren't available um, really outside of that sphere. So, so talking a little bit more about, about those opportunities, um, you said part of the reason that you that you wanted to go to business school and had, had that kind of on your radar was you finance undergrad and then um, we're working on the CFA. Um, but coming out of business school, you you went more on, along the consulting route. Was finance something that you considered? Were you pretty much set on consulting um, once you got to business school? Walk us through that a little bit. Yeah, for sure. So, um, like I said, I majored in finance. And I started the CFA curriculum. I actually, I skipped over this part, but I worked for in between, after I got done playing in Argentina, I wasn't sure if I was going to play another year or not. And so I started to, but I also knew that business school was on the horizon for me. And I thought I only had one more year left. And so I started applying to different programs, jobs, in addition to like talking to my agent and trying to find a contract. And I just kind of made a, pack with my wife like whatever comes first is like what we'll do and then figure out um you know the next year later and i actually worked as a buy side fixed income analyst for a year at principal financial group in des moines iowa so i had the benefit of of doing like putting into real practice what i learned academically um but to wrap back to your to your question i did i took advantage of that year and that's one of the things i'm super super thankful for I did a lot of research before I got to business school. I was one of those people that was like cold emailing people like, Hey, I'm going to business school coming from basketball. Just want to learn a little bit about what you do. Um, and I was talking to people in investment banking, private equity, brand tech, um, consulting, like you name it. I was talking to them search funds. Like I was, I was talking to people about it. Um, and so I was sold on consulting before I even got to Darden. In fact, a lot of the reason why I chose Darden was because it placed so well in consulting. So even before I like, like <laughs> the applications that I submitted were for schools that I thought would fit me best for consulting. And the reason for that was I had three reasons for that. One was, um, I just wanted like having not had a business background, I wanted it exposure to as many different industries and functions as quickly as I could. Cause I just, I wasn't sure what I wanted to do. Going back to the point about being able to do something that you love. I just wasn't sure what I would find. Right. Like, and, and what I'd be interested in. Um, so that was point one. Point two is um, 
I coming from a basketball background, I knew that I grew significantly through coaching and consulting has a great reputation for its feedback culture and its apprenticeship model and helping people grow. And that was something that I knew that I would benefit from. And then the third reason was um, I'm a huge believer in iron sharpens iron and the people that I met in those conversations that I thought were the sharpest, both a combination of IQ and EQ either had been consultants in the past or were currently consultants. And so the way I thought about it was like, look, either I'll go there and I'll get sharper, but I won't be sharp enough and I won't make it and that's fine, but I'll be better for it or I'll get sharper and like, it'll work out and I'll progress. Unfortunately, um, the latter happened, but that's, that's kind of how I, I thought about it. And, and so I knew that like going into the process, I was like consulting is what I wanted to do. And then I was fortunate enough. I did a bunch of the pre MBA consulting programs. I was fortunate to get the um, McKinsey emerging scholars scholarship. So like all of those things helped me kind of like streamline and focus my process as I matriculated into business school. Attention undergrad masters and MBA candidates. It's Jay Fath here, just quickly popping in with a reminder that there are a number of application deadlines that are coming very soon. I'm not going to read a list of a bunch of dates right now, but I would encourage you to check out the link that's in this episode's show notes to see the upcoming application deadlines for this fall. We've got MBB, we've got Big Four, we've got boutique firms that all have uh, deadlines for internships and full-time roles that start in 2024. So we don't want you to miss the vote. Again, check out the link in the show notes for everything you need to know, uh, specific application deadlines, how to apply, and more. If you'd like some help, you know, preparing your, your resume, prepping for case interviews, or getting a networking strategy together, our team would love to work with you uh, in Black Belt. It's our premium case prep program, gives you eight hours of coaching, resume edits, uh, networking strategy call, uh, a bunch of online resources, and more to set you up for success. So we'd love to come alongside you in your journey into consulting, help you land an offer, and uh, check out the link in the show notes for more. All right, let's get back to this episode. Yeah, interesting, interesting to hear there. So you were very you were very focused on, on consulting going in. Um, once you got to once you got to Darden, uh, what would you say your recruiting process was like? So, so you you interned uh, the summer between your first and second year and went to BCG thereafter. Um, what, what did that recruiting process look like when you were actually at school? Yeah, for sure. So that's that's another one of those things where I was like, I'm a big fan of doing your work early. So one, I like I have to be honest, like giving I give a lot of credit to like McKinsey because without that stamp of approval, like I don't know exactly how it goes. But getting that going into school helped me tremendously because once it was on your resume, then you kind of like had been vetted by a top firm. And so it, it just paid dividends for me as I had conversations with folks. Um, but I, what I also did though, was like, I was talking to a bunch of people at these firms before I even got to campus. And some people would be like, no, Jordan, like don't do that. Or um, it, it seems like thirsty, if you will. I, I didn't really care. Cause I was like, look, I, if, if I'm going to go out, I'm going out swinging. And I'm putting my best foot forward. And if that means like annoying a couple people, I'll trust that I have a high enough EQ to know when I need to like step back. Um, 
And so that's what I'm going to do. So I did a lot of that early, which then like allowed me to concentrate on casing a little bit before I think other folks did. Um, Cause I could kind of right Cause like it has like distinct parts of the process, right? Like first is the networking piece. Then you get into like the, the application submission, resume, cover letter. Then you get into interview prep and then you have the actual interviews. But I was able to kind of like move that process forward so that I wasn't really in the networking as much because I kind of knew where I would have interviews. And so I could I could then focus on my resume. And then once I focused on my resume, I could then um, go into casing a little bit early, which again, um, I thought was super, super helpful. And for me, coming from a non-traditional background, I knew that like, I knew that math would be something that I felt comfortable with, like having had a finance background and see all those things. But I knew that it was something that somebody looking at my resume would like question or or wonder if, if I had the analytical horsepower to keep up. And so that was something that I wanted to put an emphasis on um, going into it so that when the day came, it, it left no doubt that I was just as if not more capable than some of the other folks that were interviewing. No, yeah, no, it makes a lot of sense. And, and you, you broke down the recruiting process kind of into, into these different steps, right? You have the networking piece, you have the resume uh, application, then you have the casing and within the casing you have, you know, specifics, you have math. Um, for our listeners out there, do you have any specific tips uh, kind of at any point in that process that you really felt helped you set yourself apart? Anything that people, um, listening here today who are potentially uh, recruiting undergrad or, or going through the the MBA recruiting pipeline uh, in the next few months could really take away from that? Yeah, I think, um, I, I think number one is, and this sounds simple, but I think oftentimes the human centric aspect of this process gets lost. And the fact that you are talking to human beings and like you should treat them as such and like you think about what they're going through, like you feel awkward at an event, they feel awkward with 15 people staying around them too, like, right? And so the more you can kind of think about it from different perspectives and understand that like, it really comes down to just having a conversation with folks, active listening, asking good questions. Like people are asked like, how do you stand out? And it's like, well, your resume is your resume, right? Like that at, at some point that's already happened. And so now it's just like, one, being a human being and being able to connect with folks, but two, doing the introspection to understand, like, if things went really well during your career, like, understand why. If things didn't go so well, understand why. I think people understand that most most folks that are getting their MBA are there for some sort of transition, for whatever reason that may be. And so as long as you have that done that introspection, and a lot of people, you'd be shocked to see that, like, haven't done it in, in, in that way. Um, I think people really, really appreciate that, right? Like when you ask, like, walk me through your resume, it's not about the resume because they can read the resume. It's about the why behind the transitions and, and the things that you do that really are the unlocks and, and allow, let people in and gets back to that human centric, um, process. I think the last thing I would say is this is kind of like a bonus. And I get that I may be a little bit different is that it helps to be decisive during the process. I think what's not talked about a lot is a lot of these decisions are made at the office level. And so when people are waffling on like, oh, I may go to Chicago or I may go to D.C. or maybe like the Swiss office sounds nice. It's like companies don't know what to do with that. And so that you, you kind of end up in this like no person's land, so to speak. So the more even if you like 
actually aren't sure, the more that you can like voice over that you are um, very targeted in what you're after um, and you vocalize that consistently throughout the process because people are taking notes, right? And so like when, like when things don't tie, people are like, well, what's going on here? But when they flow through in a logical way, it builds a compelling story. So the earlier you can get to some comfort around like where you want to be, like what firms are interesting, all those things, like I think the more success you'll be able to have. And obviously easier said than done because the MBA is a, it's an amazing process because you have so many options and so many things happening at once. And so you want to explore different avenues. Um, with that said, I think it's one of those, one of going back to the earlier point of like doing your work early. I, I I encourage people to do that research before they get there because once they get there, it's happening fast. So those would be the three pieces of advice I would give. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. And I mean, at the uh, the undergraduate well, undergraduate level as well, um, the importance of just doing everything really as early as you can because every year these deadlines move uh, move back totally. and get earlier and earlier. Um, definitely, you know, it can it can be an intimidating process, especially if you leave it. Uh, you know, more toward the last minute than, than you should. So, so you got into consulting uh, after, uh, after the MBA and, and you since left um, and, are, and are currently in strategy at Nike. Can you tell us a little bit about how, how you got involved with that? What, um, what that transition out of consulting looked like, why you made that decision um, and just a little bit more about your current role. Yeah, for sure. Um, so I was, like I said, I was in Nike. I mean, I was at BCG for about three years, um, consultant and then the project leader. Um, and I did the random walk for about the first six months where I was doing different industries and functions. And then I really logged in on two things. One was the fashion, luxury, and apparel team, and then the private equity team. So that's where I was spending my time. Um, and I was one of those people, quite frankly, who always, I had always set a goal of like, get to project leader and then like seriously reevaluate. Cause I knew that the jobs were like tangibly different and I wanted each set of skills. With that said, I also took calls throughout. So like all the LinkedIn messages that you get, all the emails that you get, I was always on the phone with folks just trying to understand the lay of the land. Because again, coming from like a non-traditional background, I, I just didn't know how things equated. I didn't know what to expect from a title perspective, from a compensation perspective, like from a trajectory perspective. I just, I, I didn't really have like a clear um, understanding, quite frankly, I mentioned the non-traditional background piece, but I, from talking to folks, most people don't have a clear understanding of what that, what that looks like. And so as I took those calls, I was able to better level set on what made sense for me at different spots and where I thought I could get like the most bang for my buck from like a transition perspective. If indeed I figured out that I didn't want to be at BCG for the long haul. Um, and so I actually, the woman who I talked to first um, is a BCG alum. So then going back to like, would I have this job if not for BCG? Probably not, right? Like, so she led the enterprise strategy group. She had actually worked in the DC office. We had met in passing, but never worked together. She left before I came back full time, but she was there during my summer. Um, shout out to Aguechi, who's amazing. Um, but we we were having conversations about about Nike and and just how like there was an opening on her team and enterprise strategy. And just like with my background, it just made a ton of sense, um, you know, sports, but also like consumer retail apparel. I had done um, about seven months, six, seven months of work with, with one of their, 
their main competitors in digital marketing. So like I, I like I was in, I understood the business um, from a lot of different angles, but just as importantly, I was able to understand like where that opportunity stacked up in relation to other opportunities. Um, so like when it was reached out and like I, I saw the title, I saw the conversation and all those things, like I knew that this was an opportunity that for me was going to be really hard to pass up. And, and in full transparency, I actually, I was, I was going down the private equity route. Like that's, that's where I was headed um, in terms of things that I wanted to do because I was back to the point about like, can you find something else that you love? I hadn't really at that time. And so I was like, let me just try to maximize dollars if I can. Um, and so when this, when this came across and we started having this conversation, I almost didn't have it. Cause like, I was ready to go do something in private equity. Um, and then my wife was like, look, Jordan, it's Nike. Like you should like have like more of these conversations. And I actually had an interview scheduled for the day that my son was born, which like, I do not recommend. And it's like super <laughs> poor form on my part. Um, interview actually ended up getting canceled. So like all good there but in any event i was doing it during like a bunch of like transition in my life um but it like the people that i met were incredible you just like you start to realize that like you have a similar ethos with those folks and and it was like it became a no-brainer decision and it succeeded my expectations and i think you asked like what do i do as well and and there's a I sit in our enterprise strategy team, which is which is highly cross-functional strategic projects. And a lot of our work has to do with growth, quite frankly. It's it's one topics that are on our CEO's mind and chief strategy officer's mind and, and looking deeper into those. But two, it's a lot about like, how do we make money beyond selling shirts and shoes over the next five to 10 years so that we're not like 92, 93% concentrated um, in those areas. Hey, Strategy Simplified, it's Jay Frith quickly popping in to let you know that you can work with our MVB team via one-on-one -on -one interview coaching. That's right, you can join our Black Belt Case Prep program for eight hours of structured one-on-one -on -one coaching. Also, you'll get resume and cover letter edits and an online prep curriculum. This curriculum includes over 600 practice cases, includes nine video courses, unlimited math, structure, and brainstorming drills, and a lot more. Learn more and register for Black Belt via the link in this episode's show notes. Okay, let's get back to the show. I guess, yeah, I've never been super familiar with what with what strategy looks like at, at an apparel firm like that, so that's, that's, that's cool. Um, and then just, you know, again, very much highlights the the idea, and then for, for all our listeners out there that, um, one of the most attractive things about consulting, aside from the training, aside from the skill set that you get, aside from the projects that you get to work on, are uh, the exit opportunities where, you know, you were looking at, at private equity and now you're at, at Nike. So, um, you know, definitely one of the one of the big pluses of, of getting into um, into, you know, the, the industry. Um, so so you, you work at Nike and then and then as well, you're you you coach with us here at, at Management Consulted, um, helping uh, your clients prepare. Uh, for interviews at places like BCG, McKinsey, BAME. So can you tell us a little bit about the process that you run your clients through when you're looking to get them ready for uh, for these kinds of interviews? Sure. Um, I think for me, going back to human-centric, like it, it, this is a very individual process. And I think the first thing that I like to do is just like assess what the goals are of the person. Um, 
what their strengths are, what their weaknesses are. And we can usually do that through like an initial case diagnostic, but also like where they are in this process, right? Like some people have never seen a case before. Other people are like 20 cases in um, when I meet with them. So the first thing is like doing that diagnostic, both of self and then also like what their casing ability is. And from there, we can kind of like pick apart what are the areas that we need to work on. Maybe it's the upfront framing, maybe it's the math, maybe it's the brainstorming, maybe it's communicating better. Um, and there's drills that you can do for each. So that's on the casing side. And then I'm also a big believer of like, this is a holistic process. People don't talk about it enough, but like casing matters a lot, but like your behavioral interview and your fit questions, like they matter a ton too. Um, and so making sure that people understand that and like have like a plan for how they'll like bring their story together. And, you know, some, some clients want to practice their story some with me and some don't, and that's perfectly fine. Um, but just like having the understanding that that's something that is like uber important in addition to the case interview, I think is huge. And I get it, right? Like the case interview is the thing that's most foreign to folks. And so like from there, you actually may be starting at ground zero, whereas like telling your story, you're, you're probably far more advanced at that and have done it far more times. Um, but it is a holistic process. So like just to wrap it up, it's for me, it's really individualistic. It starts with a diagnostic. And from then we're like, pick the take the case apart into like different pieces we'll kind of like build it back and put it back together and then we'll run through more full cases see where you're at and like do the same thing rinse repeat um and work back to your timeline and as we do that we work in behavioral and fit as well good to know um thank you for explaining that i know folks will find that helpful from a purely logistical standpoint um how can people work with you yeah for sure so um if you if you if you might be interested, right? Like you obviously go on management consultant website, uh, find me as a coach, and like we can book a session, we can talk. You can also find me on LinkedIn, um, and like if you want to like message me to like better understand my approach before we before we get into it, um, that works as well. Um, and then obviously uh, my email address Jordan at managementconsultant.com um, can reach out and we we can talk about whatever's on your mind. Good to know. Uh, and then folks, that's, <laughs> this is a, uh, this is a plug for Jordan, but uh, definitely something super helpful. So uh, transitioning away, we, we like to end, uh, you know, wrap these things up with uh, some more fun, some more personal questions um, away from, away from consulting. So a couple of that, uh, a couple of those before we let you go. Um, one thing that you're listening to reading, watching, uh, that's inspiring me these days. What are you What are you consuming that you're interested in? Man, I know we didn't get into this. I have a wife and a three kids and a two month old, so there's like not a lot of spare time <laughs> that's happening in the Clark household right now. With that said, um, <laughs> I highly the Johnny Manziel Untold documentary on Netflix. Um, I thought was incredible, and it if you're a sports fan, it's incredible. If you just like are interested in like like introspection the roller coaster that is life um i thought it was just like a great watch i think it's like a little over an hour and like it's you're locked in while you're watching it yeah i've been meaning to watch that i uh big sports for myself and, and haven't gotten around to it yet but uh good to know we'll definitely put that on the uh, on the watch list so last question here um one person from history that you'd love to get dinner with uh if you had the chance anybody Man, you know, it's funny. I saw this question on the prep sheet 
and I should have an answer for this question. Like I should, but it's, it is such a difficult question. Um, you know what I would say? I would say, I would love to, my grandfather on my mom's side, I never had a chance to meet. Um, and he was a pioneer in a lot of ways in, in the things that he did. Um, and I would love to like talk to him and pick his brain and like also understand like, I think in like black communities, like lineage and like trying to tie things together is often like really, really difficult. And so like, I would love to have like a clearer picture of like the familial tree and like where he came from and all those things. I think that would be like a super, super interesting conversation. Um, yeah. And one that if I could, I would go back and have. Yeah. I have, yeah. Some relatives in similar situations. I think that's a, uh, it's a great answer. It makes a lot of sense. Um, well, so Jordan, thank you. Thank you so much for, for joining us uh, today. And uh, that's all. Uh, we, we appreciate you you coming on. And uh, I think it's it's certainly my hope that um, your story uh, will be will be inspirational to folks. Um, and guys, if you want to work with Jordan, uh, we discussed that, you know, briefly, but our website, LinkedIn, um, and please, please reach out. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. Really appreciate it. Thank you for listening to this episode of Strategy Simplified. If you were inspired by Jordan's story and want to learn more about management consulting or even book a one-on-one session with Jordan, head on over to managementconsultant.com to get started. And if you enjoyed this episode, leave us a review or email us at podcast at managementconsultant.com with any questions or feedback.